Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Good afternoon to you, our cherished and descending listeners. We're excited to bring you yet another exciting edition of your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. We bring you Masterclass every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. and runs all the way through to 2.15 p.m. here on your superstation Joy 99.7. Starting from last week in the month of February, we have introduced a new conversation, a very important conversation, which is taking center stage in all, pretty much all significant um, radio television discussions here in Ghana. And this is in the area of business. This is the all important topic of the Africa free trade continental area. 
and the acronym there is AFTA, AFTA, the A-F-C-F-T-A. Last week here on the show, we introduced that conversation. What is all this noise about AFTA? How does it affect us as business people, as entrepreneurs, as Ghanaians? How does it change what we have already known as our trade principles, our GIPC, GNPC? How is all that going to change with the introduction of the Africa Free Trade Continental Area? Last week, we were privileged to have with us in the studio someone I like to refer to as a friend of the show, in the person of Mr. Richmond Kwabi Frimpong. Richmond is back here with us. Today, what we'll try and do is that we'll try and get interactive real quick or real early in the show, just so we can sort of share ideas, because there's so many things we want to be able to mirror on your particular situation so that we bring the conversation home. I had a conversation with a few people during the week about the show we had last week, and they said, yeah, when you get back on the show next week, talk to us about the opportunities. Tell us about the advantages. Show us where to go to do what so that we can leverage on it. We'll do a quick recap of what we did last week because we were not able to finish. And then we go straight into today's conversation. Today we'll be looking at leveraging the after for business growth. Leveraging the after for business growth. Richmond, you're welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. I mean, there's so much information. So today we'll try and just touch on it a bit. The the good thing is that we'll be streaming live on Facebook. Right. And we'll be sharing our slides also on Facebook. So if you're tuned in, you're listening, and you have the ability, please, by all means, go to our Facebook page, My Joy Online, and follow this conversation. It's better when you also look at the slides. Then you can gather all the information you require for better understanding. Let's just do a quick recap of what the after is, if we can. Because it has so much information in there. But let's see if we can do this quickly. Well, and then let's go into today's conversation and see how we can, can all continue. Right. So, yes. um, very quickly, if you couldn't join us last week, we are trying to um, break down what the whole Continental Free Trade um, Agreement is. And our interest is you and your business. Where do you sit in this whole picture? Last week, we tried to talk about the construct itself the kind of impact it is going to make. But bottom line is that it's a free trade program and it is just going to make it possible, easier, um, virtually zero costs to make every business in Africa, particularly in the states that are part of this agreement, the opportunity, give them the opportunity to be able to trade beyond their country. And so it is just giving you free trade access and it's on goods and services and so there are protocols that will guide this kind of program and i remember mentioning that this is um the biggest trade program the world has seen after the wto was launched and so it is a great project um it has some challenges i mean as we try to kick it off as a continent and it is not it is not unique it, we are it is not strange because um, if you look at the EU and the other um, trade platforms, it takes some time for it to um, be seamless in terms of its execution. But I think we have done well. We had some setbacks with the COVID, and we are back on track what we are doing. So last week, we just broke down what the whole agreement is about, um, the coverage, the benefits, the protocols, and all that. But today and maybe the days ahead, as we come back to the master classroom, we are going to look at your your business, particularly the, the micro, medium, and small enterprises. And we want to look at how ready you are to take advantage of this market. Today, our concentration will be on how investor-ready you are. Because this is going to bring a lot of investment into the country, particularly it being the 
headquarters of the administrative secretariat. And so a lot of investments are going to come in there. And if you look at some of the protocols on the rules of origin, the concentration is on where the product or the service is originating from. And it is it is an advantage to where the produce or the good or service is coming from, i.e. coming from the continent. And since the secretariat is here, a lot of people would want to be closer to where the secretariat is so that the moment you want to execute on your trade um, benefit, you can get it done. Now, given that, that means a lot of investors are going to look at Ghana. And that means people would want to look for businesses they can put money into. They are going to look at um, the opportunity to start right from the secretariat area, which is um, Ghana. And so you that business that little enterprise you that um, medium um, growing organization how do you leverage how do you take advantage of the investments that are going to come because of this um, trade agreement pact and one of those things is your investor readiness and that's what you're going to look at we'll look at export readiness and other things but today we want to check if you are even ready at all after understanding the impact the consequences and how great it's going to be so that is going to be our, our concentration today and thankfully we'll be projecting it so the good thing is that you can follow us gradually and you can absorb and ask questions as we go along right um, today, we want the comments to start coming in early. So, if you're listening to us, you're tuned in. This is Masterclass. Start sending your comments to us on 055-1997. That's 055-1997. At some point in the show, we will open the phone lines and we will get interactive so that you can look at this whole conversation in relation to your specific situation. We want to be able to bring the conversation home. How does it affect me? And I'm last week, you were talking about perhaps when you start today's conversation, let's just start with a bit about how it's difficult to do business in Africa. I think it's almost easier to do business on Facebook right. than it is to do business across even just West Africa. Not, let's not talk about Africa as a right. whole. And how all of this after introductions are going to make it a bit more easier than we go into investor readiness. Right. Yes. So thank you. So if you are following us once again, join us on Facebook and make sure you are following the slides we are sharing. So are you investment ready is our topic for today. And the first slide we are showing is about the deal itself and what it means. So on the left side, you'll see in snaps the picture of what this after is going to have on businesses. Ultimately, Africa is going to be in the middle of um, a, a continental economic community. So it's like one market. Before, you have the, 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 the blocks in terms of regions. West Africa have their market community. East Africa have their own. Central have their own. Southern Africa have their own. And so, it was almost getting difficult. At a point, even the regional blocks couldn't um, satisfy the free movement of goods and services. One country alone could frustrate almost everything. And the example that comes readily to mind is the example of Nigeria when they had to close their border and movement of goods became a problem. Mm-hmm. And almost every country came to their knees in terms of their exports that were depend on the market of Nigeria. Not long ago, we've heard, I think sometime this week, that Benin is also having another encounter with border closures. The, 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 the benefits of the continental free trade area is that now the agreement is going to bring an overriding effect over these regional market blocks so that Africa will be at the center of one single economic community. Then they are going to put together an African monetary union. Remember, this, is, this whole thing is being sponsored and engineered and employed by AU, and they are looking at the AU Agenda 2063, 
So all African countries have put together a strategic paper that they want to see a certain Africa by 2063. And AFTA is one of the things that is becoming an anchor to driving us all to the point of becoming an Africa, the Africa we want by 2063. So this is driven by AU. And so we will have one common community that will override the pockets of regional communities and then we'll have one monetary union that will just neutralize the challenges we have with payment systems, the challenges we have with currency changes and things like that so that we don't have to struggle with if I pay, if I buy something in Ghana and I have to um, pay, I don't have to change to any other country ca- country's currency. It can be seamless as that. And then the customs union. So we'll have the African customs union dealing with transportation, dealing with trade barriers. And then we'll have the economic community dealing with the regional blocks in terms of the economic community associations. And then we'll have the monetary union. So at the center of all this will be the Pan-African um, Trade Park, which is a continental free trade area. So that takes away majority of the bottlenecks that uh, business are going to experience. And then the, the snapshot we have shared on the right side and the left side are going to be the outcomes of this park. Now, if you're a small business, you will see that one of the critical challenges we have is your access to particularly either your manufacturing or maybe a service provider. Your your access to take advantage of the huge access to this market and leverage on economies of scale. The challenge you cited about how to overcome even trade, intra-trade amongst us as a country, this pact has protocols that gives us and every country that have rectified and signed the pact, the opportunity to now open up because then we'll be looking up to the continental free trade areas protocol. So when that has been done, two things we'll be studying, like I said, is export readiness of you, 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 the business, and then investor readiness. Now, when we say investor readiness, we are simply talking about how prepared you are Assuming maybe somebody wants to put in some funding, either as debt or equity. Debt meaning it's something you are going to pay back over time. Equity meaning it's an ownership into the business. And so he's going to make returns based on the bottom line in terms of profitability. Whichever. It's some capital that is coming into the business so that they can leverage on the rule of origin to produce right here. And then they can um, send it through the free trade agreement. But they will be looking out for certain companies that pass the test of their preparedness to receive that kind of funding. And that is one of the advantages you have, if you are listening. One of the advantages you have is that now the pact is forcing investors to look down to Africa. And particularly for us in Ghana, to look directly in Africa and to, to Ghana. Why? Because the administrative head office is here. And so then foreign direct investment into MSMEs is going to increase because everybody wants to bring their production headquarters here so that they can take advantage of the free trade. Why? Because if the rule of origin, if it's originating from here, it is processed, it is produced here, then it is allowed to enjoy the free, um, um, what we call the charges or whatever tariffs there may be. So then they exempt it somewhat. That is why I'm saying that you, the business, you must be ready for such. And one critical thing we want to look at is the checklist that will guide you to be checking as we are having this conversation whether my business is ready or not. Number one is your investment proposition. So either you are going to be getting injection into your business as debt or equity 
why should somebody look up to you and invest or put money to your business so that they can come in and get a production of service or good here? Do you have that clearly defined? Is your business making that case strongly? Because remember, this is also opening up for competition. So I can go to Nigeria and look out for a business that is into agri- agri- agricultural production. I can get it in South Africa. I can get it in Rwanda. And they are all making opportunities available to access the production from any African country. So in Ghana, my question to you is that, the case that you must make that my business is the right business to put money into either as debt or equity to get the opportunity for the rule of origin case to be applied i have it and to be able to do that this is what you do you see you don't just look at the idea you have but what you need to do is to make a strong thorough case of your ability to secure that funding and there are three things you look out for number one you must know who is going to be pitching for your product. So industries are varied. There's agribusiness, there is service, there is um, manufacturing, there are a number of things. So know which category of people are going to be coming to look out for the industry you are. And so if I'm in agribusiness, I must strive to become maybe one of the top three in agribusiness so that if an investor is coming to inject it could even be a bank if they are making funds available to the very productive sectors of that industry. My name should come up. My business should come up. And so you should be striving to make a pitching value for your business. Mm. And that is to say, identify the, the industry you are and try and see how you can bring yourself to the topmost, maybe the top five, the top ten, so you can be cited. That is what we call your investment proposition. And number two, you should be looking out for um, value proposition. So if anybody puts money into your business, what do they get in return? By now, you should be putting that effort and that analysis together, that if you put any money into this enterprise, this is what you are likely to be making. And that thought, that preparation should be going on. And then the third one is, what problem exactly are you solving? Remember your world, your world, the world that is your oyster is a continent, about 56, 54 countries. And so what problem are you solving that makes your business value proposition so unique that the other company in Rwanda and South Africa are not producing just the same way you are doing? So that if the investor either debt or equity is coming on board, they can say that, well, that South African organization of business is doing this, but this Ghanaian MSME is doing this a bit differently. So this is where you, you go into the industry you're operating. Pick the organizations or the businesses that are in that world and begin to take a look at what they are doing that they are not doing. And if possible, do that and more and make yourself a bit more competitive. When you do that, you are putting together your investment proposition and will come to that checklist. The next thing is to prepare a pitch deck. Begin to prepare a pitch deck. Simply what we are saying is that you should be able to put together maybe a 10-page or a 5-page slide or document that is able to summarize and sell off any investor to just pick your business. By now, you should be putting that together just for the opportunities after it's going to pre- uh, prepare. And to be able to put together a good pitch deck, number one, you, ha- you should have a revenue model. 
by now you should have an understanding of what revenue channels come into your business and you should be able to cite them and be able to account for them don't just leave it to chance what how does money come into your business have you been able to cite them can you make a projection and say that okay these are the different lines of revenues that come into the business and in the next two years in the next three years if you bring this bundle of investment this is how you are going to recover if you bring the other category of investment this is how you are going to recover so now begin to put together a record trail of your revenue model so that it makes your pitch deck very clear number two is that you should be able to make your own financial projections and here you do what we call sensitivity analysis okay so i'm saying that any amount that is coming into this business is going to end this way but assuming things don't go the way we are projecting and we don't get demand, we don't get supply, we don't get things the way they are supposed to be, particularly in this VUCA world, if you followed us in the VUCA class, this is how we are still preparing to project. So maybe I'm looking at maybe a million dollars. If a million dollars comes into this organization, there's a transformation, there's an income flow, there's a cost implication, there's a bottom line. But assuming that doesn't come and we even make maybe 500,000, half a million, this is what we are still able to do and you make your own financial projections. And this should be traced and tagged to the revenues that are coming in into your bank accounts, into your deposit collections and things like that. It makes your pitch deck very strong. Then the last one is your ability to demonstrate straight traction here we are talking about which people are patronizing on your product even locally if you can give us a command data of the traction the demand for whatever you are producing either a good or service and you tell me that now with this investment this is how far the traction is going to be then you are giving the investor a reason to put money here because a business can be great and you put more money into it invest and expand and if they cannot justify if traction is going to improve then it's like i'm putting money in and i'm not going to make anything out there mm. so your pitch deck should number one capture your revenue model number two it should capture financial projections that take a look at other things that may not have been considered that throw your projections off board and then thirdly it should be able to do an idea ideal demonstration of how traction here demand is going to look like for your business so remember number one your investment proposition why anybody should invest in you we've talked about the three things under it number two we are saying put together a pitch deck put together a pitch deck and it should not be more than 10 page powerpoint or docu word document and we have told you the things that it should cover the next thing that shows and helps you to become investor ready is the w cube checklist mm-hmm. and here is simply looking at who what and why and who we've deliberately outlined how you should be guided so number one, do you have so under who do you have a team that have the expertise and the executional capabilities? By now you should be you should be looking doing that analysis that okay, my business is getting ready to receive some investment, but do I have the right team? If the investor comes and every investor wants to know who is behind the pack, every investor wants to know who is driving the dream in terms of execution capabilities. So who do I have as chief executive? Who do I have as chief finance? Who do I have as my creative analyst? Whatever your team is, begin to, even if they don't have what it takes, begin to be prepping them and getting them ready to qualify for that capability and execution test and put them together now. On, in, in a documentative form and see if it is attractive enough. Let me give an example. Let's say you have a small business, maybe 10 over, it's just about 10,000 cities. 
you have five people you are working with. And the five people, when we want to check their background, maybe the highest um, person with the biggest experience is just like maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Now, another company is doing almost the same thing you are doing. And they have a team that has probably even three. But one person's experience on the job in the same industry is just about 10 years. I'm not even talking about academic qualification and certification, but I'm looking at the relevance of your experience in what you are doing that you can bring to bear and make your investor think that, no, you know what you are doing. And so your projections can be right. You have seen several scenarios. You should begin to put them together and make them like um, justifiable enough to say that um, this is the kind of people I have. And you should be deliberate about pushing and projecting and refining their competence in terms of relevant expertise. Know that, not in terms of the number of certificates they have or the, the, the years they have been in school or whatever they are doing. And then executional capabilities. What have they done before in that same industry with that same company? Begin to be putting this together. That makes you investor ready. That is who. Number two under who is the leadership particularly when it comes to maybe the executive, are they trusted enough? Trust here, the speed of trust here is critical because you are looking at investors who can say that the person leading the organization has the integrity that can make his investment he's putting into the organization Mm. um, somewhat safeguarded. And so you should be able to now begin to put together the who that is able to justify the integrity of the leadership. So I don't put my money there and tomorrow you are using it for something else in the name of after. (laughs) Then the next thing is whether the team can be cited to be candid and honest with the investment team. Many people, when they begin to put their organizations together for investment readiness, they now put and quote figures that don't exist. You have never prepared any balance sheet. You have never prepared any P&L sheet. All of a sudden, you are cooking figures that don't exist, have never come in. You are quoting traction that never existed. When you do that, it can be cited because an investor will not just come. They will put together a proper audit team and check. So be careful under your who. Make sure that whatever you are putting there, it is candid, it is honest. And usually, investors will be happy to pick a business that is so open and honest and is able to show its weaknesses and the way out. Then another, that is projecting almost 100%, no fall, no gap. But when we double check and audit, it exposes same. So you must make sure that under your who you are closing that gap. And that helps you to improve on your investment readiness under who. Mm. Let's go to how. How here, tell us clearly what your target customer or market is. You are into banking, but there are a number of banks, and they concentrate on a number of things. There are banks that are looking at gender, women and children. There are banks that are looking at MSMEs. There are banks that are strong in retail business. There are banks that are strong in partnerships, partnered businesses, partnered products. So they partner insurance, they partner banking and other things. What is your exact target customer coverage in terms of what you are doing. You should be able to spell it out under your how. And then the product solves a particular problem for a particular market. Remember, we are talking about Africa. And so it shouldn't be a product that solves only a need in Ghana. 
it should be relevant to tap into the big market of the 1.2 or 3 billion people we are looking at. So if your product now just serves or solves a problem supposedly in a service or a trade or good that is just available in Ghana, then I can't put money into you because beyond Ghana, I can't sell anywhere. Ghana is just about 30 million people. <laughs> so if I put the money there and I can be limited to just 30 million, but I can't expect pose myself to the market of 1.2 billion, then I won't put money into your business. So if it's possible, begin to look out for how you can even expand your coverage in terms of the exact solution you are rendering in a manufacturing as a good or in a service mm. so that your your target customer coverage can go beyond Ghana. That also helps you under how. And then you have to do well to make sure you demonstrate earning potential. It is not every service that is able to sell beyond this Ghana. There is a product that may be bought in Ghana, but in another country it may not be bought. So make sure that that product you are selling now has earning potential. And there's nothing wrong now with diversifying and quickly shaping your business dynamics so that it is still relevant beyond here. Unless maybe you are not interested in investment, investor capital. Maybe you don't really need to expand. You want to be where you are. Then after it's not for you. But if you are interested, then begin to look at your earning potential and it helps you. And then plan for timing. Don't wait till we get into the middle of this whole trade agreement when the money is already here before you start getting consultant to cook something for you. You won't go far. Begin doing this work we are sharing today. Why? Because really, after it's just taking off and there are a number of bottlenecks. So by the time they are ready, it is like looking for a train by the side. If you are standing... If you, if you are standing only when you see the train coming, then you are late. Mm-hmm. So you should be standing before the train hits up and it's coming. Yeah. That is what you should be doing. If you don't do that, remember that there are other countries in places like, um, other business in places like South Africa, in places like Rwanda, in places like Mauritius, Mauritius yeah. who are well Mauritius. advanced and ahead of a number of things. But I'm talking to the Ghanaian businessman or woman who wants to compete still and leverage on the benefit of after. Mm. So go ahead of the tide and and see how you can leverage on this. Don't wait. Plan for timing. And the last, under what? Be deliberate about your top customers. List them. Be deliberate. Because we can match up your top customers. And we can tell the value of your business if I put money in. If your top customer <laughs> is, a, is, a, is, is just one individual. And that individual is able to produce 80% of your total turnover. Then when that individual doesn't show up in your business, your business is gone. Once they go belly up, that's it. I can't put my money into (laughs) such a company. So you should now deliberately pick up who your top customers are and begin to do an analysis of these top customers. Is it such that the top 20 produce the 80 and those 20, are they so diversified in terms of the volume? Or they just one, two, three, four people? If it is the case, do something about it so that your list top customers can be verify then have some strategic relationships now you cannot just be interested in preparing yourself for competition no you won't survive you should be preparing yourself for completion why because uh, there is really not any product or service you are rendering that we can say really doesn't exist anywhere Mm -hmm. so you should be looking at partnerships remember leveraging for growth so you can probably see that um i'm manufacturing um maybe sandals 
But I noticed that the bolts around the sandals, I don't do it very well. I look at another competitor somewhere else, and he, they do that excellently well. You look at these mobile phones. You notice that they don't produce almost everything around the mobile phone. Mm-hmm. They know the places where they have high leverage. So you partner with the other organizations or businesses. So they do the part that they have expertise in, and you do the part that you have expertise in. Now, when the investor comes to you, you present both that I'm able to deliver on this whole product or service, but you show them your ability to leverage on the specific relationships you have that gives you a head start. And so by now you should be looking out for relationships. You can't be doing everything 100%. As long as um, investor capital is going to come in, then be ready to list your strategic relationship. So who is your strategic partner in this business you are driving? Who is your strategic supplier in this business you are driving? Who is your strategic competitive partner so he does almost what you do but he does it better than you do mm. and who is your indirect competitor they are not doing what you are doing but they can still compete for the same customer that you have and so what do you do look at the banks now and i had um car bank just partnered sanham you see why are they doing that they are doing that because when a customer now goes into a bank they are not just going to the bank to do depositing they want to have more financial service product and so if i come to a bank and i have to go out to now look for another service then i won't be there so they partner that is what you should be doing the guy who is sitting next to you he sells something else you know people come to you often to ask for that thing why can't you partner with that guy so that you can leverage on what you have and what he has and what do you do you share on whatever comes out this is the mindset and the planning you should be putting in so that your heart will be strong enough and then identify your key risk identify your key risk what are the gaps that you know you are weak in begin to put them down be, be honest with yourself this is my key risk area this is the way out of it and when i get investor funding this is how i'm going to solve it people become like ostriches in their businesses and they turn a blind eye to i don't have any shortcoming um all my shortcomings are maybe government related they have nothing to do with me it is probably my staff look it's always somebody else oh be real and identify those gaps when you do, you will have a way out to solve them. And even investors, when they notice that you have been candid with your risk area, they may not even just come with funding. Investor readiness is not just about funding. Investor readiness sometimes is about resource and expertise mm-hmm. that you come by. They can just come on board and say, in this area, I have this experience in these different markets, and I'm going to partner you to take you there. So that is how you become honest and open with your risk areas, and it helps you to do more. The last one is to define an exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Every investor will not come in perpetually, particularly when it is um, even equity. As for debt, there is always an exit strategy as to, I put in this money, I take it by this time with interest. But usually private equity, they come in, they agree on when I'm putting this money in, when I'm exiting. So you should have your own exit strategy for the investor. That is how you want to uh, make your money back and move. So carefully, your readiness. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Under who, bordering on your talent set, under how, the exact things you are detailing out to achieve what you want to achieve, and then under what, what you must do. The last item before, but let yes. me let me bring uh, you in. Right. Okay. So there's so much information here. I'm I'm itching to let our listeners be a part of this conversation because we'll soon be running out of time. Um, if you just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation. We take a quick message from our sponsors. When we come back, we open the phone lines and then we get interactive straight away. We take a quick message from our sponsors now. Your favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 0551 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. This is Masterclass. Going cashless has never been this convenient and exciting. Girls' e-payment systems are now compatible with the G-Link and the National Payment Platform. Now you can use your GH-Link card on Girls' POS machines to purchase fuel. GH Link Card offers additional payment options for fuel purchases at Gull stations in addition to the Go Card. Every fuel purchased is recorded automatically on your monthly bank statements, helping cardholders track and manage their expenses. So go ahead and use your GH Link Card to buy fuel and all lubricants from Gull's over 400 stations across Ghana. Go cashless and protect yourself and stick to all the COVID-19 protocols in these times. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. The phone lines are now open. Numbers to call 0302-216541. That's 0302-216541. You can also send us your comments or your questions on 055-1111-997. We want to get interactive. Talk to us. How do you understand all of this conversation going on on the AFTA, on the Africa Free Continental Trade Area? What does it mean for your business? All the discussions that are going on, how are you going to prepare? What is your specific situation? Let's have a conversation. Ask the questions. Who can help me? Where do I go for help? Let's ask those questions. Let's get some help. Because like Richmond said in a, a few minutes ago, if we don't start preparing now and we wait till later... Let's remember that we're competing with 53 other countries. And so if it's whatever you're doing here, if you're manufacturing shoes across the road, if you're manufacturing bags with African print, it's no longer going to be proprietary. 
you're going to be sitting here in Ghana and bags are going to come in from other places. And, you know, there's something that struck me, Richmond, when you were talking. People are going to leverage on their strengths in their various regional areas. And trust me, people have different strengths in different areas. So that in Ghana, for example, we may have a strength, let's say, with shea butter. We should leverage on that strength so that it plays in the space within the African market. The same way we say, for example, some fabrics are nicer from, let's say, the country of Togo than they are in Ghana. We always say that some of the people who make dresses, tailors and seamstresses, we always say that some of the people who come from Togo seems to be better craftsmen, not just at these things, but Mm. even in other forms of craft. So countries are going to to leverage on where their areas of strength are. What is your area of strength? What are you doing? How do you leverage on that? Pick up that phone. Give us a call, 0302-216-541. Or you can also send us your comments on 0551111. Nine nine seven. Let's have a conversation. So, Richmond, let's finish up with what you were discussing while we wait for the right. first call. Right. So, in ending on investor readiness, we have a simple checklist for you if you are watching us, and if you can go through that checklist and you pass five, anything above five, then you are doing some good work in terms of your investor readiness or preparedness. So, make sure you are seeing this on the Facebook page, and even if you can take a snapshot or call the masterclass team, you can have it. And begin to answer any of the items. It's from a scale of 1 to 10. And subject your business to that scale. This overall readiness after all we've shared. The litmus test. Right. <laughs> and be candid. If you do and you are below 5, then please go back to the areas you are scoring below and then or less numbers. And then quickly figure them out. Thankfully, we've shared with you the specific things that you must do under which. Mm. So that you can uh, big up on those ones. And now if you are beyond 7. If you are beyond seven, we are going to pick up a special meeting with you and we'll help you for at no charge. Wow. Because okay. then you, are, you are really investor ready and we can. I think you should you. repeat that. It's, it's only here on Masterclass. We are offering consultancy right. to help you prepare for the after. Right. Beautiful. And this is from FLF, right? Right, right. Beautiful. Right, right. So pick the last sheets. You will see the questions there. Um, is your business, and these are the key points. Is there a high growth industry? Um, is there a first to market advantage? Um, is there a diversification of company directors and employee skill base? Do you have an in- innovative product or service? Is there a global market for your service? And is there clear evidence of market need? for your product or service and lastly is there a clear indication of the market size do you have an idea of your market size? i remember you talked about traction and so when you do just call and wherever it ends if it's five it's okay go back and check the things you have to do if it's below five please sit up and pick these sessions and the things we shared and go back and get them done if it's seven and above reach out to the master class team we'll, re- we'll come back to you and then we'll sort you out help you right Richmond, let's talk about market forces very basically in a big market, big things happen. And so um, survival becomes a strong issue. What should we expect as business owners, as what the market forces will be like, demand, supply? If I'm doing something, I'm not doing it well. I'm not going to survive this thing. Let's hit a bit more on that. What should people expect with market forces in this new big market? So it's a very good question because carefully know and understand that investor readiness is not just about cash investment. In fact, investor readiness can be patronage. It can be traction. And so when you say that the forces of demand and supply are going to favor organizations that have competitive edges, it is true. So what do you have to do, like the diagnostics we have gone through, is to know the areas where you are weak at. And then, even if you can't deliver on them yourself, partner 
partner, mm. create a linkage, and then get the best at that. I like the, the word you just mentioned, partner. We'll come back to that. I think I have a caller on the line. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and where you're calling yeah, from. Good afternoon. My name is NK. Now, um, I what we are discussing, saying it's so important to the sense that uh, we recently have, uh, we had like two investors who were interested in the company who are into agro projects. And interestingly, they requested for their three years audit report. And necessarily, what we're looking for, not really a profit-making business, but uh, a business that has structures. Mm-hmm. And could you imagine, they couldn't produce any past reports, neither a current report, but they've been in operation for like six years. There are no structures. It's something like a one-man show. So I think um, what we are discussing this afternoon is so essential because most Ghanaian businesses, they prefer doing the one-man show, thinking about just limiting themselves within the even a car market. I think some of you don't even think of the 30 million Ghanaian people you are looking at. They look at, oh, you're a cry. No, I don't know. We have few customers who are buying from. So I think uh, business people in Ghana, especially the production businesses, they should really sit up and uh, be doing things. Thank you so much, MK. And I think he couldn't have said that better. Mm. You know, now sustainability reporting in across industry, they're asking for so much information, things that we we'll typically say, it's not necessary. Create jobs. Give somebody a job to do. Get that young national service person to start gathering that data. Now, they're asking for things like, how often do you meet your staff? Staff meetings. They're asking for minutes of staff meetings. The dates of those meetings. All those things are going to be required by investors. Now, the regulators have started asking for these things. You know, so it's important, the point that um, MK makes. Do you, do you want to share a quick comment? I mean, very important. And so, I, I, don't, I don't know where else you can get this. If you can take, and this is so practical and mm. real, if you can pick up this checklist we have shared, and unless you are not interested in the markets and the free trade opportunities for mm-hmm. movement of goods and services and people. Mm-hmm. This is what we are talking about. That now you have demand that is staring at you. The moment you can tell that there is a need for this good or service, you are going to now move beyond just Accra. Mm-hmm. You are going to move beyond just Nigeria. And people are going to have access to buy or sell. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that you are not going to do this alone. It's not as if Ghanaians are the only people this open to. Not necessarily. In fact, businesses that are in Ghana are going to have competition from products and services from other countries because they're free market. And so you have to take advantage of all that we are sharing and quickly put your books in order, do all the things you are saving. You don't have to be a blue chip company. Mm -hmm. The focus on Africa is micro, small, medium enterprise. If you are one of them, get it done. The guy said that the investors were not even looking up profit reporting. Mm-hmm. We were just looking at the integrity of reporting so we can see a loss. And even if it's a loss, we can trace it to check. We follow the money to know what accounted for it. So in bringing in money, we can seal that gap and make sure we leverage on the outcomes. But Let's, you don't have a talk. How can we even look at it? Let's talk very quickly about partnerships. How should people approach the conversation on partnerships in order to prepare themselves for this new market? People shouldn't go in thinking, I can do this by myself. It's a bigger ocean. It's a bigger pond. It's a bigger game. Part of the readiness will probably be to partner someone and either add value to what you're doing or enhance or strengthen what you're doing. Share some quick thoughts on partnership. The role so of partnership in your, the process. Your, your goal for partnership to take advantage of after is on value. Value for the customer, value for the business. Now, when we talk about partnership, mostly MSMEs think immediately about ownerships. Mm-hmm. Partnership doesn't just begin or end with ownership, not necessarily. Okay, I produce um, coconut fruits. 
but I want to make it so valuable that I can take it to Southern Africa. Mm-hmm. I can't probably just take the fruits as raw as they may be. And I don't have the strength of processing them into something else. But I noticed another company that imports these fruits and they are experts at manufacturing them and processing them into something else, into toffees, into chocolate, into all that. What do I do? Partnership here may not mean business merging or joint ventures. Partnership may be bring your expertise. I'm going to probably supply you the raw material and then you will turn them into this. And when mm. you do, the product value now moves from maybe one to two and we share on the extra one that comes. Exactly. That is it. So the more you produce in partnership, the more you earn before you get even into ownerships and things like that. Partnership is the game changer in this new diversity mm. if only you are interested in the big markets. And as you spoke about partnership, a certain acronym, which is also a word, comes to mind. And that word is team. Right. Team. The acronym team says together, everyone achieves more. Right. So as part of your preparedness for the aftermarket, what we're saying is that leverage on partnerships, build partnerships going into this. And many MSMEs that have common market interests can begin putting themselves together and become an unbeatable block. Mm. So that if, for example, we are looking at agro-business, we can have 10 MSMEs come together and immediately their balance sheet, their expertise. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Project size and everything shoots up. And you get investor readiness. Very quickly, maybe in a few seconds, 30 if you can. Who will bank businesses in after? When I say bank, central control. Because the Secretariat is here in Ghana. This is run by AU. Who will bank after and what will be the currency of after? Well, those things are still some of the tight spots that are still undergoing the conversations and the debates. Um, we haven't gotten to the final tip of same. Mm. And so for now, um, it's still under conversation. It is part of the guidelines. I think the second phase of the guidelines that will be sorted. But ultimately, trade has begun as it is now. And after it's creating a platform where even if we don't get to the point where the banking platform or the trading platform and payment tra- uh, platform is almost unified, it is still making it possible for people to transact on the immediate platforms just from your own currency, even if you have to transition from USD or any of those. But it is one of the outstanding matters that we need to fine-tune. Richmond, very briefly, what's our take-out from today's conversation? Our take-out from today is that there is a, there is a market